Hello, dear listener. I hope you are doing well. My name is Leah. I am the host of Ecoactivist Journeys podcast, and this is actually the first episode of 2022. I took a little break after COP26, but I'm back now and I'm planning on bringing out podcasts for you on a bi weekly basis this year. So hold me accountable to that. And yes, I hope you'll join me for the journey. In this episode, talk about corporate sustainability with Ellie King, who led this in Andrew's Ecosia campaign. So without much further ado, let's just dive right in. Welcome to Ecoactivist Journeys. I have Ellie King joining me today. She's a student at the University of St. Andrews and has led the Ecosia campaign that led to the university switching to setting Ecosia as the default browser on university laptops, which is pretty exciting. And yeah, we're definitely going to talk more about that and she can share more about the journey and the process behind that. But more broadly, we'll also talk about corporate sustainability and if corporations and business can form part of the solutions to climate change. Um, But yeah, before we dive into any of these topics, I'm going to ask Ellie to quickly introduce herself, tell us what she's studying and if there's any particular moment that sparked her activist journey. Yeah, so um, hello everyone. I am Ellie. as Leah lovely introduced me. Um, yeah, I sort of spearheaded and managed to get the St. Andrews and Ecosia campaign moving and it has recently been successful, which is really cool. Um, so I'm uh, a bit of a weird story. Uh, I had a gap year, came to uni, and at that point I was studying English and French. Um, very quickly realised that I wanted to be a lot more active in the sustainability and environmentalism space. So then I switched to sustainable development and German as my degree. Um, Studied that for about two years and then realised like I really love sustainability, but I really want to get into sustainable technology um, and a lot of these mechanisms and stem behind a lot of the policy that we see. Um, So I'm now restarting my degree from scratch (laughs) with chemistry. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's me. So I'm in my third year at uni, uh, restarting my undergrad. Um, And yeah, I sort of have a bit of a background in in sustainability and policy and, you know, how these things can make change. Uh, And yeah, excited to see sort of these mechanisms happening in real life with things like Ecosia. Yeah, no, it's it's an exciting journey. And it's, um, yeah, I think it's, it's exciting as well to see sort of different routes that people take into sustainability because we do need like we do need it to be addressed from such different angles in society it's not just like a certain type of person sustainability we need but like all across the sphere and people just um yeah addressing it from from their interest and passion but like incorporating incorporating it into yeah into society so before we dive into more of Ecosia let's clarify for the listeners that maybe don't know what Ecosia is but definitely should know what it is. <laughs> what is Ecosia? Yeah um, so Ecosia is a search engine it pretty much functions just the same as Google. Um, the main difference being is that you know they're what I would class as like a social enterprise so they're a certified B corporation which means they genuinely do good for the world um, and the way that Ecosia does it is 80% of their profits from ad revenues go towards tree planting initiatives um, all around the world and the key thing with Ecosia is that the people that they partner with to plant these trees um, are verified charity partners you know they involve the local community they make sure that it's in biodiversity hotspots 
Um, so that's a really key thing. It's they're not just saying, oh, we're funding and planting trees, but they're making sure that the trees are planted right. Um, and all that is done, you know, just from our end as the consumer with just your daily searches. So you can go about your business, um, you know, and at the end of the month, you can see like, oh, look, I <laughs> somehow have funded the planting of like 100 trees, you know, or 200, 300 trees. Um, and yeah, obviously, when you scale that up to, to more than just one person, it can start have a, having a really big impact. Yeah, it's uh, I don't actually know how long it's existed for. I know I've been using it for so many years. I can't even remember not using it because I started like back when I was in high school, I was already using Encrocia. And it was really interesting because it is exciting. You do these searches and it has like a little tree plant counter at the top. In the meantime, I've had like new laptops, new phones, <laughs> things like that. So I'm not really sure what the count would be, but it is interesting to follow a little bit because it saves your, at least on your on your device, like how many trees you planted. And then they also have like milestones, how many trees like the global community has planted. Like I remember like the first time that Ecosia planted a million trees. And that was pretty exciting as well. Um, and it's, I think one of those things when there were like some calculations made, like obviously don't know how accurate around like if everyone would be using Ecosia to the same extent that search engines like Google has been used, like we could be doing like so, so much better in um, in, in, in climate change or actually completely, um, yeah, reversing the effects of climate change through tree planting. And I think that's very exciting, which is why yeah, it's important to raise awareness about it and to get people to switch to it. Um, but yeah, do you want to share a little bit about the story, how it got started in St Andrews? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm kind of a bit similar to you. I'm sort of been with Ecosia for quite a while. Um, I think as a company, they've been going for like over 10 years. Um, I can't remember the year exactly, but it was pre-2010. So, you know, way before um, sort of all of the current hype around ESG, you know, and green companies was even vaguely a thing. Um, so I installed it around 2016, I think, because I was on YouTube and saw an ad for it for, you know, for search engine that plant trees. And I thought that's pretty cool. Um, and sort of since then, I've been um, sort of, you know, following up with the cozy of social media and, you know, like diving into a lot more of the nuances of what they do and how they do it and, you know, how these trees genuinely impact communities and sort of fell in love with the the mission statement that these guys have. Um, so then when I got to uni, I heard about the Ecosia on Campus movement, which is a movement to essentially get um, big institutions like universities to, to switch their campus computers over, because then, you know, that has a snowball effect in not only the university computers, then funding trees with every single search, but then also raising more awareness about Ecosia and then more. Um, so yeah, I sort of um, took over on the campaign and it's been a really incredible journey since then. Um, sort of back in summer 2020, so around May or so, I decided to make a little bit of an FAQ series on um, on our socials because, you know, Ecosia it is a smaller search engine compared to Google. So a lot of people don't really know, you know, what it is, should it be trusted, you know, is it as good as Google, you know, how much does that matter? Um, you know, are the trees they're planting, you know, genuinely helping people? Um, the answer is yes to all of those, by the way. <laughs> it's a really good search engine. Um, and then from that, 
the people that run the Ecosia on Campus campaign more broadly, so across the UK, um, you know, they've helped universities like Edinburgh, Glasgow, Leeds, um, Surrey, you know, all sorts of universities across the UK and Europe switch. Um, so they reached out to me because it was, you know, coming up to 2020 COP26 in November. I said, hey, do you want to come to Glasgow um, and meet the team and go to COP and, you know, protest? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> so then we went, um, you know, and had a load of really awesome talks on that, on, you know, how companies can have an impact and can, you know, be more than just a money making machine. Um, so while that was going on in the background, I was sending emails to, you know, X, Y, Z and can you get on board and can you get on board? Um, and yeah, it's the the main thing is with the campaign has been grassroots. So focusing on the grassroots, you know, building up from the bottom and then tapping into a lot of the environmental movements that are already here at St Andrews, um, you know, and sort of getting them on board and saying, like, can you support this? Um, you know, what are your fears? How can we like, um, you know, address those and talk through them? Um, and yeah, it, it's been a really, really great journey. And we officially switched like just last week. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good. And I think something also to note for people to um, like make it a standard browser so you don't have to like search every time you want to search first, search for Ecosia and then searching for whatever you need to want to search on the internet. And then also like, it's honestly the only one, like if ever I search anything on my phone, I have the app and I just use Ecosia app on my phone as well because yeah, I mean, loads of the time if you're somewhere and you want to look something up and you do use your phone, um, which does happen a lot. <laughs> so it does help also to have it on, on your phone as an app. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really um, cool sort of to watch because, um, yeah, Ecosia is obviously something that I've always supported for a really long time. And I know I've like always like nudged and brought it up to people like I think it's been in like pretty much every campaign manifesto like I ever brought out but um I think it was quite exciting now with especially in the in St Andrews with the University of St Andrews is um to have places like um the University Sustainability Board where you have like a high level contact and can really push and implement it rather than it floating around as an idea um, but no one really taking it on so yeah well done on on bringing that forward um and um yeah it's exciting to see um i think definitely more universities should have that because i mean so many students like as students you search so many random things about the world <laughs> so like imagine if all of those random searches add up to people planting trees and i think something that i've also always really found amazing about Ecosia is that it supports communities and it empowers women and um, a lot of yeah local communities and I think yeah it's just a positive way you know especially if we talk about something as big as like climate change and as daunting you know you need these little positive stories of like greener spaces and of community empowerment and of, of doing something good you know I don't think we can solve the climate crisis just through planting trees we do need to have a whole range of other things but you know it is a step to have this positive um, contribution and to make sure we have more better ecosystems that are um, yeah that can um, support us <laughs> in this fight so um, yes do you what, do, what would you suggest because obviously um, it's exciting that this is something that 
that um, Ecosia is also supporting students and universities to bring that to forward. Like, what can you suggest to maybe other students listening from different parts of the world how to replicate a similar success? Yeah, definitely. I think, first of all, it's, it's really important to realise that we kind of are in a climate right now where, like, people are increasingly aware about environmental issues and the things that we can do to support it. Um, I remember when I was first starting the campaign, um, a couple of people, you know, within environmental circles said to me, you know, oh, Ellie, we've um, brought up the idea of Ecosia before, but, you know, it was shot down because X, Y, Z, and, you know, it's not Google, um, and uh, Ecosia is not Google, that's correct, Google is a huge, you know, multi hundred billion conglomerate, Um, Ecosia is a search engine that plants trees, (laughs) Um, you know, but it's there's so much more to it than that and I think you know I always say to people like if you genuinely just love Google then you just type Google into the Ecosia search bar you know but for everyone else we can just just go about our daily lives type in a search maybe type in an additional word here or there to specify the searches a little bit more Um, because that's the other thing Ecosia does not track and harvest data unlike Google Um, so sometimes you do get less specialized searches Um, but yeah, it's just really taking that, not even really adversity, just those um, those queries on board and being really quite steadfast in that you know that planting trees is a good thing, you know, so long as it's done in a way that is, um, you know, beneficial to the community and, you know, it's the right species and, you know, I have full faith that Ecosia does these things because, um, you know, they, they learn as a company, you know, um, and, and they listen to voices like indigenous voices, you know, local community voices. And at no point do they step in and go, you know, uh, this is our Western way of doing things. Do it this way. It's no, you work and you work together with communities. Um, and I think similarly, if you want to start a campaign, you have to work with the environmental and, you know, uni admin spaces in your university to get it effectively implemented. Right. Um So that means petitions, it means awareness raising, it means um, being pretty brave about answering any questions and also being pretty stubborn. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we we are in this climate where people want to take action, you know, Um, and it's it's a big part of it as well is just believing that like there's nothing special or amazing about me as a person right like I wasn't born and it was like oh wow you're gonna lead the Ecosia campaign or you know (laughs) when I first downloaded it that's not a thing no one thinks about that Um, but you just have an idea and you want to implement it and you just send one email and then you send another email and you go to one event and then you go to another event and it snowballs Mm -hmm. Um, you know so as scary as being an activist or implementing change might be you just kind of do one thing and then do the next thing and before you know it, the university switched. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's a really great point because it's not, you know, sometimes as an activist, you get these guys, oh, how do you do it? Or like, <laughs> as if this is like a super special thing. And I mean, it's great and it's amazing, but also like anyone can step yeah. forward and take something like this forward. You don't need a CV of things that you've previously <laughs> done or campaign experience. And I think another really um, good point that you made is that we are in a climate where a lot of um, organizations, universities, institutions are looking to make changes. And that's a pretty easy change. So um, if you can find ways to bring that forward, um, but yeah, it is a process. And some 
will might some places might be more stubborn towards it than others and it's always a bit of pushing and um, getting people behind the idea um, and the more people you also have that you can get from different areas to support you I think it's also really nice to have like students on your side but then also have staff on your side as well and to build those things um, of different people who can then bring it forward and say oh this is in the interest of yeah students or of yeah any wherever whatever organization you're working in so I think yeah I mean it's a bit of a yeah with any campaign really <laughs> it takes takes yeah. a bit of a maybe a bit more than a bit of bravery but it takes just a yeah it takes bravery but also it's not it's not a, a miracle masterpiece necessarily or it doesn't have to be you know it's ordinary people who are just concerned about the world and want to bring something forward and um yeah anyone could do it I think so um yeah I think moving on from that I, I think leads really nicely to talking a bit about corporate sustainability because obviously Ecosia is I guess an ideal example of a corporation that in its phone founding very much was looking at creating a positive impact in the world. Um, obviously, that's not all um, corporations and businesses in the world um, that in their founding are like, oh, we're going to create something that is good for the environment or for the world. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about corporate sustainability, can corporations do good? And then also um, tune into a little bit of a um, conversation that we had a few years ago way before COVID when I first <laughs> I was really angry about it um, <laughs> what was happening at the Andy Coal Mine project in Australia and so I posted a little bit of a controversial topic um, around a podcast episode on like the myth of corporate social responsibility and expressed concerns if corporations can really do good and if especially if their concerns only stakeholder profit um, and yeah you probably very rightly challenged me to to say you know not all business um, are bad and they can do good um, and yeah so I, I really just wanted to pick back up on that conversation and um, and ask you to to explain a bit to listeners you know what do you think how can companies do good in the world because I think especially within environmental movements it's really easy to um, have an idea of okay this is a bad group of people bad guys group <laughs> and this is good and I think it's really important to break that down a little bit and say um is that really so you know because not everything in the world is black and white so yeah yeah definitely I mean it's a big question to tackle but we'll try and we'll do our best <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I think it's it's a really interesting one right because um in a lot of, of corporate circles um, environmental and social goals ESG is kind of oftentimes off to the side and if it is integrated is integrated in ways that may not be the best way to actually go about it um, one of the reasons again that I love Ecosia is because it is such a foundational part of their mission statement um, I think what a lot of corporations get wrong is a general lack of education about you know social and environmental problems and also how to tackle them um, you know, sometimes we sort of see corporations that hop on the newest green technology or the newest, you know, hype trend um, without really understanding what its implications are. You know, why are you backing it? And also without, you know, taking what is really kind of a fundamental shift in the way that we look at, you know, companies, corporations and how and also why they are making their money and their profit. 
um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of ironic because as I'm switching to now study STEM, I'm also getting more and more interested in sort of the economics and socio-political side of things. Um, and it is, it's just fascinating to, to sort of see. So, you know, if, if you're in a business room, um, a lot of the times the conversations are about profits, they're about stakeholders, they're about, um, you know, driving down costs, ramping up, um, you know, how much you're selling XYZ for um, as a product. But I think it's, it's really important to take a step back from that um, and really think, okay, so what is this service that I'm selling actually making, like, how is that making an impact on the world, right? Because if the answer is it's not, or the net impact is negative, maybe you should look at the reason why that is um, and also look at the reason why people get so tunnel visioned into purely looking at profits. Um, I think as well it's it's really important to to notice that a lot of the way that the, the economic systems work they're extremely tunnel visioned in that we don't factor in a lot of things like environmental costs or social costs. Um, you know so what is the cost of cost of cutting down a forest and plopping a farm there um you know well it, it's great because suddenly you have crops and you can sell those crops but you don't factor in things like um air pollution things like biodiversity loss all of these accumulative effects you know that run alongside corporations i i really think there is sort of this mass education that needs to happen um about you know what it means to be a company in a world that is made up of environmental and social climates you know as well as economic climates we're not just robots trading cash back and forth you know we have communities and and places to live um so i think sort of once you really start asking yourself that as as you know as someone that is working in a workplace and you start to question um some of some of the you know the the baseline givens you know the baseline given is that we have to lower product costs and raise that once you sort of question okay but what's the supply chain doing you know or or who are we selling this to or why are we selling it to or what's the end life of this product um that's when you sort of really get to the heart of what it means to be uh you know like a green or a good you know social enterprise in the sense that you're actively trying to do something more than just profit <laughs> yeah and i think the challenge a little bit in our current climate is that there is this growing global recognition that things can't continue with the status quo and we do need a system change um, in the way that society works in the way that the economy is working um, but it's also challenging because it means yeah, it means doing things in a very different way. And um, and sometimes I think it's led to also a few companies and groups that are sort of pretending to be because they're realizing we have to do something, pretending <laughs> to do things, but not really doing things. So that's led to the problem of um, greenwashing. And I think also creating more suspicion of companies actually doing good because, um, yeah, you see those examples of um, those that pretend to do good, but actually also highly have a hidden agenda. And I think, um, I think it's an it's an interesting time because it challenges us to think about well, how can we make sure that um, what companies or corporations saying um, links up with actual good change? And I think 
um, something that you said earlier about Ecosia being a B Corporation, you know, this is a certified um, certification. Um, I don't know if you want to explain a little bit more about that, but I think things like that are really um, probably very important in, in the future moving forward about actually making sure that there is um, legitimate change, that they are comp- um, and it also goes to testify, you know, if you can see that a company is certified B Corporation, that they have to reach certain standards um, and that becomes then part of the values and the mission of the company and not just a side aspect. I think that's something that's that's really important. Yeah, genuinely. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, a B Corporation is it's a certification um, that basically measures your environmental and social impact. Um, so in order to become a B Corporation, you have to meet, you know, really quite stringent criteria. Um, and if you fail those, then, you know, you need to go away and, and think and improve on, you know, the things that maybe are not impacting people and environment in a good way. Um, fun fact, Ecosia was Germany's first B Corp. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Cool. Because they started so early. Um, I think, yeah, there, there's also a lot to be said about, you um, the fact that the, the climate is changing so there's a lot more people sort of jumping on the bandwagon mm-hmm. without necessarily means what it means to jump on the bandwagon you know there's a lot of like we've spoken a lot about like sort of good and then that implies you know like a bad kind of counterpart um but there's so much more nuance within that right like you can fund solar panels but if those solar panels are built on land that is effectively stolen from the people that live there you know is that really you know what we're trying to aim for here um i mean obviously like you've done an entire degree on the nuances of this <laughs> um and i continue to study it into masters so I, th- I think whenever you look at trying to be a better or a good you know or have a positive impact as a company you have to be very aware that it's a continuous learning process um i think one of the main things so you know jumping back to cozier like i would not respect them if, um, you know, this this discourse about do the trees, you know, ben- beneficially impact the community? Are they aware of indigenous, you know, um, helping out indigenous communities? Are they aware of, you know, things beyond just ecological restoration? So things like um, uh, resilience against floods and droughts and all these kinds of things, if they were very silent on those issues and sort of didn't take those into account and adapt that into how they move moving forwards um you know if they weren't very critical of the charity partners that they choose to take on and sort of adapt and move you know as that goes forwards i i would not support the company um you know because that to me signals that they're not actively willing to change and to learn in an atmosphere that is all about changing and learning and transitioning to to a better society at the end of the day yeah, and I think it also um, highlights the fact that it is good to be critical, you know, it's good to be questioned things. If you hear about a company or corporation doing certain things to be like, mm, OK, so well, but what do they actually do? How is that impacting community? And I think that's a question that should be asked around any environmental changes created, um, whether that's like solar farms or wind farms, um, certain types of yeah, batteries and the whole green uh, 
brain revolution, you know, we do need to question how it's done. I mean, this is a little bit side topic, but yesterday I was reading about deep sea mining and mm-hmm. then how some people use it. Okay, but we need these rare minerals. I'm like, no, but like, that's just not an alternative because, <laughs> um, yeah, we can't just be destroying the earth and deep sea, especially about which we so lo- know so little, even like still discovering new species and animals and creatures that live down there. Like we can't just be using that. Um, and and that that should challenge us then to think about, well, what is this green? How do we create uh, the green transition and the renewable transition? How is it done in a sustainable um, and just manner, taking into account people, communities, the environment? Um, so I think it is important to to stay critical of that and really really dive into um, into those questions but yeah it definitely makes it more difficult to answer the question you know if you're like okay so this is the corporation are they good are they sustainable (laughs) and it's like um yeah I mean the question also goes to us as humans if you even someone who's trying to live super sustainable um answering a straightforward answer like oh yes 100% sustainable is probably not realistic either because everything is is imperfect with that balance of um, yeah, <laughs> that life isn't 100% sustainable, but there is a very big difference between uh, genuine effort towards sustainability and one that is just um, pretends <laughs> it was just a a paint, a green paint, a very thin <laughs> layer of green paint. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really interesting as well to sort of dive into like what does it mean to be genuinely invested in sustainable transitions. Because I think for me, it's it's a question of um, scale and, and earnesty and honestness. So, you know, for example, if you have a giant unnamed oil company that has maybe 1% of revenues in, in green technologies, but then it's talking about them 50% of the time, that's not necessarily honest. It's not at the scale that it needs to be. Um, and it also doesn't signal... Uh, that that company is willing to scale those transitions up um, as rapidly as it needs to be. You know, there's there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, sort of in this, this capitalist world that we are, capitalism is so great because it brings on innovation. But what I'm actually seeing from a lot of these like big players is an active push against innovation because they have business models that work for them. So when green or newer or better technologies come up, you know, it's it's this like reticence. They don't want to get involved. They don't want to invest. They don't want to take that risk, which is like the complete opposite of everything that this capitalist ideal stands for. Right. So that's kind of like a really interesting, um, really interesting thought I had the other day that, um, yeah, it's like, what does it mean to be a green company uh, you know and, and what does that mean if you're not doing it in a way that is is genuine and honest um you know so to tie back into the the old company for example um one one company that i also do have quite a lot of respect for is orsted because orsted uh back in the 2010s was a huge fossil fuel company and then they had sort of a change in, in leadership and they decided like we are going to genuinely switch to renewables um and was it a risk yes but also did it pay off yes because now they're i think europe's like largest offshore wind provider you know um i don't think they even do fossil fuels anymore 
yeah no they've they've been you know it's it's that sort of entire company change that we're talking about here you know they didn't just maybe buy a couple wind wind farms and then talk about only that for the next six months <laughs> you know they, they genuinely sat back and were like okay what is our business model what does that look like going forward and how can we genuinely make sure that we're changing that to be something that is positive yeah and i suppose that's the innovation that we need in this world um in terms of making that complete switch and i think then it's also important to critically look at companies that for example say oh yes we're doing renewables but also really lobbying against climate mm -hmm. action and fossil fuel cutting because then it's like oh but are you serious about this then <laughs> <laughs> because this is we we do need a complete change and i think there is a lot of things that we do need to challenge about um i think the way that capitalism has transformed to become you know mm -hmm. um, in terms of um creating an environment that um supports change and that um that makes sure that um, it's genuine change and honest change and um yeah that is sustainable for the future and i think there's definitely a big value change that we need um that we need to push for in the world um and uh, yeah it's not it's not straightforward but i think i don't know just to i don't know maybe as a final concluding discussion how do you think um that corporations um, can form part of the solution to climate change moving forward yeah i mean i think one thing that you've kind of got a hand to, to business and to the private sector is that capacity for innovation you know a lot of the startups that you see now do really incredible things you know from bioplastics to you know different innovations in renewable to battery technology to you know all, all different sorts of things so there is that capacity to sort of um create solutions to problems that we know exist you know which to me is is kind of a parallel to creating solutions to a problem rather than doing nothing about it and just saying well you know climate change is coming who's going to do anything about it not me um you know so i think corporations have this amazing potential to do a lot of good purely you know in part because the system that we have is so economically driven you know in in part if you work um sort of within that framework loosely you can sort of reach some of those voices that are you know so staunchly against radical change you know that that um you know maybe like a community where you don't have like a business model would not have the same reach as a company that is looking at oh look at that green startup they're actually doing really well maybe i should start thinking and start realizing that this is where it's headed and this is where we're going um i do i do also want to pop a, a little little word of caution on there um that as green as your idea may be it has to be very um very willing to listen to people moving forwards and very you know willing to accept any errors that you might make um, and also willing to adapt and change to that so for example if you have like this really great um, great bioplastic that's made from seaweeds but then you realize that all the seaweeds you've been produ producing has been made using industrial you know sea aquaculture methods that are actually really damaging like it's on the onus is on you to change that yeah you know you can't pretend that just because you have a bioplastic that that means that the industrial agriculture is okay um yep. 
yeah <laughs> and I think that's a challenge as well you know that's sometimes a challenge as a consumer you look at something that in first instance might seem like something that's sustainable um, but if you dive deeper into it it isn't and that makes it incredibly difficult because there are these nuances between really what's like good things that are being done corporations that are open to sort of social justice as well as just um sustainability um and really take in the whole production line you know from source all the way to disposal and i think that's something that's important as well that we need to look at in terms of like waste because our waste system is really really messed up in the world and we do need to change that that um companies are responsible for the products that they um that they put out there and what effect it then has on um on people and on the planet and um, yeah, I think something that I've, I've discovered as well um, as a note to this um, through studying climate law is the need for um, yeah legislation and regulations for companies and corporations because they do need to be regulated. And I, you hear corporations even agreeing to this and they want this because that enables those that are innovative about this to have a head start and have do well in um yeah, do well from a from a business perspective because they are not just um, because then it's a standard that all companies have to do, um, and that puts it as a competitive advantage. Um, so we do need those regulations and these laws that um, that take into account um, sustainability, and and I think that's a real challenge, especially because there are still so many ties between um, governments and corporations, and I think that is problematic um especially in terms of lobbying and the money that flows between um yeah politicians um and or political parties and corporations and i think um and that's something that that definitely needs to change yeah definitely i think you know as a baseline there's only so much that can be done by voluntary good corporations by themselves. You know, we need sort of these these change makers to be pushing and then we need policy to rise up to make, make sure that everyone else is at that bottom standard. And then, you know, if we can go further, we can push for, you know, better supply chains, better, you know, social justice. And then again, you can rise up. It's sort of this this transition. So we're not saying that you have to have a perfect startup business that addresses every single social and environmental issue at once, but you have to start somewhere and you have to be dedicated to following that transition as far as you can go. Um, you know, because the second that you're satisfied and you say, okay, my business model is good enough and it's green enough and it's equitable enough, um, you're admitting that some things are okay when they're very much not. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sustainability is 100% a long-term journey. It's not something <laughs> that we can just achieve. And I think sometimes as people who do sustainability things, it can seem a bit scary because, you know, this is a never-ending story <laughs> that will go on throughout our lives and beyond, you know. And I, But that's, I think, also the positive reality of it, that it is a this long-term goal that is something to ever strive for and to ever improve upon. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could talk so much more on this topic. It's a, I barely scratched the surface in terms of uh, the depth of it. But if, um, yeah, to our listeners, if you really enjoyed this and you do want to hear more about corporations, greenwashing, sustainability, I don't know, B corporations, any of 
the topics that we touched on um yeah let me know and and um, we'd be very probably very happy eddie if you want to do a second <laughs> part two of this <laughs> um yeah but um, be ha very happy to discuss it more in the future as well um but yeah thank you so much for your time today and for sharing um yeah a little bit about the kuja story but also about some of your insights um on sustainability corporate sustainability um and things like that so yeah thank you very much and uh, <laughs> Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Pleasure, of course. I'm glad we finally got to do this because I know I've been <laughs> wanting to do a show with you for a long time, but then COVID came in the way. So now it finally has happened. So that's good. Oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Eco Activist Journeys. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and Yes, if you'd like to hear more on the topic of corporate sustainability or any other topics that we touched upon um, briefly in this episode, please do let me know. You can contact me in, via Instagram um, on Ecoactivist Journeys or Ecoactivist Leah. Um, and thanks again so much to Ellie for her time um, and for doing the interview with me. Well done uh, on this campaign. It's really important that we celebrate these small success stories along the way towards a more sustainable society. Um, and I hope some of these discussions um, can inspire you as listeners as well to take forward campaigns and make a difference, make a change, however small or big it might be. Um, because, yeah, we all need to work together um, in our different ways and capacities to create change. Um, so yes let's do this i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day take care and hope you'll tune in for the next episode